0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Take a 20. This one, I'm going to be covering the trade deadline. Basically, some of the winners and losers that I feel um, came out through that day. Uh, And without really wasting any time, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I want to start off with the Nets and the 76ers. Basically... There's differing opinions on this and I think both of them are right. Uh, when I first initially saw the trade, I thought that it was a really good trade for the 76ers as of right now, like James Harden will 100% bring the 76ers more immediate success than Ben Simmons will. Um, Just because I do feel that Ben Simmons is going to have to work himself back into basketball shape, he probably hasn't been able to do that just because he doesn't have the type of talent and resources available to him to keep himself in that type of shape. I'm sure he's very close to that shape, but still needs to get back into shape. Also, he's going to have to get used to playing alongside Kem Durant, Kyrie Irving. So it'll be very interesting to see how that full team meshes going forward. I do think that they'll do pretty well in the playoffs. Um, they'll, I think that they'll get to the Eastern conference finals. Um, But that also really depends on where they end up finishing in the standings and who they face going forward because it could be a situation where they get bounced even in the first round depending on the matchup because let's say they were to match up with Miami in the first round. I don't think that that's a good matchup for the Brooklyn Nets at all. Um, I think that's something that would really scare the Brooklyn Nets to see in the first round. So uh, something like that like it's it's just um we'll we'll see going forward but I really do think that the 76ers are going to have a much better playoff run than the Nets um, I definitely do see the 76ers with the acquisition of James Harden still keeping Tobias Harris you're adding in Paul Millsap who albeit hasn't been that great this season but I think could still contribute to the 76ers in a way that they do need, especially because they've now moved on from Andre Drummond, who was honestly a very solid piece for them, would pull down a bunch of rebounds. When it came to him and Embiid coming off the floor for each other, it was more of a situation where you're losing, A bit of defense and a significant amount of offense now it's kind of the reverse you're losing a significant amount of defense and losing a bit of offense so I think it it'll still even out but yeah in the long term I think the Nets definitely are gonna be the winners of this trade especially because they got two first-round picks out of this Um, that they can flip into something else down the line if they wanted to, or they could actually just use those picks. Um, But yeah, I I think that that's gonna be a really interesting thing to watch how in the years going forward to see how the the nets fare in comparison to the 76ers. But like I said, this year, 76ers 100% won that trade. Now moving on to the Kings who I think are actually the winners of the trade deadline. They really silently got a whole lot better. And also I'm sorry you guys, if you can hear the lawnmower outside the windows in my apartment are not the greatest at blocking out sound. Uh, so I'm trying my best to block it with my body. Um, But yeah, continuing on uh, with the Sacramento Kings, I do think that they're the winners of this trade deadline. Though, giving up a player like Halliburton is a huge L. I'd much rather have Halliburton than Fox. To be completely honest, I think Halliburton just has a much bigger upside than Fox. Not to say that Fox doesn't have that um, franchise Level point guard potential in him. It's just I like Halburn's game a little bit more than I do Fox's. And some people I know just like a lot of these trades that are that happened over the trade deadline. Some people are upset about what happened. And for example, with the Kings trade, people don't like that Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley the third are both gone, saying that like healed was a prolific scorer bagley was a really good player just needed to give him a little bit more time both of those players wanted to be out of the king's franchise and i'm sure like with how vocal both of them have been about it especially buddy healed buddy Hield has been vocal about it for at least two years if not longer marvin bagley the third he's been somewhat vocal about it more. So it's been his father, um, being the one taking to Twitter and saying that his son needs to be traded and yada, yada. But, uh, Bagley has also not been that cooperative with the coaching staff as you've seen him refusing to check back in or refusing to check in at the end of game. Uh, when he essentially was worked out of the rotation, um, so I'm, I'm sure that was causing some sort of tension within the locker room, which I, I'm sure that the Kings are happy that they're finally rid of. And also the players that they received, it just, they fit into Luke Walton's system a little bit better. Um, you have a player like DiVincenzo, who's honestly going to be really, really good for this team. I mean, the the Kings definitely are winners. This team is going to be a whole lot more dangerous moving forward. I don't expect them to make too much noise this year. Uh, they may make a run for the play-in tournament, but I think that the when, when we're going to see the fruits of this trade is actually going to be next year. Uh, and I do expect them to be a much bigger force than they were this season and previous seasons. Now, moving on to the Celtics, um, a lot of people really like what the Celtics did over the trade deadline. I, I'm going to have to give them an F for the simple fact that once again, they've traded for traded for a center that they let walk in the off season for literally nothing. So the the simple fact that the, this has happened twice is becoming a trend for the Celtics. It's it's something that I, I just can't turn a blind eye to and say, like, oh, yeah, they they're one of the winners of the trade deadline, even though they got a Derek White, who's with all honesty, going to make their team a whole lot better. But. Just it's you're they're trading out players for players that they already had. So it is just really frustrating when I see that happen consistently, especially because it was more of a Danny Ainge thing. And now it's also I can't even remember this guy's name ever since he's not a coach anymore. Like I he's completely irrelevant to me especially because I don't think that he deserved to get the job because he failed as a coach but regardless moving on to the Dallas Mavericks I have to say that they were really close to being the winners of the trade deadline just literally right behind the Kings in my opinion Uh, just because they were able to get off of Porzingis's contract also they were able to cover themselves up by getting Spencer Dinwiddie, who really has been playing as well as he has in the past, but is still a really good point guard. Somebody who's going to be able to distribute the ball very well for that team, take some pressure off of Doncic, and, you know, getting a player like um, Bertrand's it, it definitely is a win because you're essentially getting the same player in Porzingis with Bertrand's just because of what you've been getting as of late from Porzingis. There's not too much difference between the two players. I remember back when Bertrand's was having his huge, huge year, people were saying like, Oh, like this is pretty much the same player as a Porzingis, probably like a poor man's Porzingis now he's giving you probably he'll probably give you the same amount of production i know that he hasn't been playing this year but he probably will be able to give you the same amount of production that porzingis was giving you and instead of paying that player 30 million plus a year you're paying them 16 million it is over the next four years which is an additional year to porzingis's contract but If Bertrand's does pan out with the Mavericks, then that that just turns into a much bigger win. And especially if he plays to a certain degree where they feel they don't want him on the team anymore, but he's improved his trade value to the point where they actually be able to get something of value back for him. Um, So yeah, the Mavericks are definitely very, very high up there. I know that their main goal for this was to dump some salary, but in the long run, I, I think that this is really good for them. Uh, especially if they do miss out on Dragic. I know that there's a whole lot of teams, not just the Mavericks who are vying for his services. So I think it's, it's a very good chance that he does end up on the Mavericks just because of relationships that are there but also with the amount of teams and opportunities that he's going to have it's best for the mavericks to cover themselves just in case that doesn't pan out to be the situation and lastly i just wanted to cover the hornets very briefly Um, I think that they did a really good job at the trade deadline. Not anything very splashy just got rid of two players. Um, ish Smith is somebody that I really do like. I know that he hasn't been playing that well this season. Um, but anytime that I see him getting traded, it does suck because he's been traded a lot, um, throughout his career, but the Hornets did make a really good trade in getting Montrez Harrell. I think that It's not going to make a huge difference, um, but bringing him on, it's like assuming that they're going to bring him off the bench, it does bolster their offensive output for their bench, and in my opinion, it will give them a better chance of trying to get to the playoffs. I know that this team hasn't really performed up to expectations. They've ex- they've performed up to my expectations. I didn't really expect them to do all that much. But now adding a player like Montrez Harrell, a veteran who's been to the playoffs quite consistently, knows, knows how to play, st- stays within his role, does what is asked of him. He's a good locker room guy. I mean, we're we're seeing with all the players that were on the Lakers previously that are now with other teams that they're having much better seasons than they did the previous season. So, Trez for all the reports that were from the past about him with the Lakers as well as the Clippers I think have kind of subsided. I think he's definitely matured a lot more over that time. And I think he, he brings a really good veteran, an additional veteran presence to that locker room that they weren't lacking, but you can never have enough of that around, especially when it's a young team. And, yeah, that that is really all the teams that... I had in mind about talking about there's definitely some some noise coming from the Laker camp about how nothing happened and they're looking forward to the trade or not the trade deadline but the buyout market and you know it, it sucks for Lakers fans. It sucks for their franchise. Um, and it sucks for LA, period. It's, it's best when, really, all of the LA teams are doing well. Because, like, everybody's in a good mood. You can have that rivalry discussion without anybody getting too upset. But when, when the Lakers suck, the fan base becomes very toxic and hateful. So I know that there's talk about them trying to get certain players like Dennis Schroeder, possibly trying to go after, um, uh, John Wall, if he were to get bought out (laughs) and as well as Goran Dragic. So they do have some options out there for them on the buyout market it's going to be very difficult for them to make some maneuvers, especially because if I was a player looking at the dysfunctionality of that team and everything that's gone down over the season, I, I wouldn't necessarily be eager to sign up to play with that team, though it is the purple and gold. You're getting a chance to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who have both played extremely well over the season. So it just off of that, they could get some players in, but it's, it's, it's a hard situation to call, you know? So I know some people really want me to go in and do a deep dive of like the Lakers situation and what I think that they can do to be completely honest. I don't think that they can do much. Um, They really do need to talk to Russ and try to get get him on board with coming off the bench because I think that once you start doing that, that's when you see this Lakers team turn into what everybody was expecting it to be. But with that, I'm going to call it an episode. Um, Next episode will be coming out on Monday. And, again, thank you, everybody, for being so supportive and understanding. I really do appreciate it. Um, And, as always, like, thank you, everybody, for sharing the podcast with your friends. That's something that, like, still to this day is very surprising to me. And um, even with just coming back, I still do see that a lot of you guys are still sharing the pod and still getting new people to listen to it. So I do really appreciate that. And without you guys, this doesn't happen. It doesn't continue to grow. So I, I really do appreciate it. And that will be that. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.